Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and I've got some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view one you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome to this evening's podcast. It is Thanksgiving. What's left of Thanksgiving today is about 940 my time. Uh, that's uh, Central Standard Time here in Texas. And um, first of all, I want to give a huge uh, thank you uh, to all you guys who listen to the podcast, all the new subscribers, um, and all you guys who support and pray uh, for this little bitty, teeny tiny little ministry. And uh, I'm thankful for you guys. Um, and um, and what a great Thanksgiving we have today to be thankful for. Um, I have a new kitten, as you can probably hear in the background. And uh, Murphy, the Murph Smurf, is not very happy about it. <laughs> and so um, I'm thankful that she hasn't killed um, Frank. Uh, Frank Stephen Mitchell is his name, uh, short for Frank Stamich. So we're calling him. So he's a little rescue from the pound. Um, but anyway, so they are separated. He is in my office uh, with Squirt, my little chihuahua who um, is so excited to have Frank Stamich part of the family because he just wants to play all the time, and so they can play. But um, anyway, uh, Murphy, the older cat, not so happy. Uh, and Scruffy Butt, the terrible terrier, not so happy. So we're all separated right now. So anyway, um, he actually slept in bed with me last night, my dog, and he slept right up on my neck and just purred the entire night. And so I'm pretty sure he was happy um, not uh, to be cooped up in a little cage. So anyway, that's what's going on um, in my neck of the woods. So what's going on in the rest of the world? So we have Jesus sees and soon the entire world will witness his dramatic intervention. That's by Jonathan Brittner. It'll be a great article there. Uh, it was posted on Wednesday, the 22nd of November. So as we wait for the Lord's appearing, we can be sure he sees what's happening in this world. And his response is already on the way. Perhaps it's closer than most people can imagine. One thing for sure, he is not silent. Unless the perpetrators of the evil around us turn to the Savior, they will feel the full force of God's, quote, cup of wrath, both in this life and in eternity. And so, congratulations, America. You've raised a generation of terrorist sympathizers. It's from the Daily Wire. A new Caps Harvard poll shows the cold reality of what Gen Zers believe. 59% are readily admit that Hamas is a terrorist group of brutal killers who indiscriminately shot, killed, and beheaded men, women, and children. Yet 51% say that the brutal killing of innocent Israelis was justified because of Palestinian grievances. Yes, like that would make any sense in any context in any world. So, yeah, but only in this, this world and in this time right now, um, we see the crazy, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable depravity of what humans believe. And uh, we do live in the end days. And the Bible said these days would happen. And it's called a depraved mind, as the Bible says, uh, that these would happen. And that's Romans 1 culture. So. I talk about that a lot. Um, one thing we can be thankful for um, is that the Lord Jesus Christ will one day soon take us all out of here who are believers, <clears throat> born again believers in Jesus. He's going to yank us, snatch us, rapture us out of here. Harpazo us out of here. Rapturo us out of here. However you want to think about it or whatever uh, version of the Bible you're reading in whatever language um, that you're reading uh, it in. So anyway, we look forward to that. That is our blessed hope, and we are thankful 
uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ for that. And uh, his promises um, are yes and amen. And uh, we are very thankful for that. So in the midst of the things that we see around the world today, that's one thing we can be thankful for are his promises that are written in his word. And so um, we're thankful for that because um, God is not a liar. And what he says he will do, he will do. And we are very thankful for that. Um, you know, we must be in prayer for folks around the world today who don't know the Lord, who um, have fallen away, backslidden, whatever the case may be, we should be in prayer for them um, these are not the days that you do not want to be in good fellowship with the Lord because number one, he could come at any moment. And what is he going to find you doing? Number two, if you don't know the Lord, he could come at any moment and take us out of here and you are going to be left behind, um, for the great tribulation. Uh, you don't want to be here for that. Um, lots of books have been written on that. Dr. David Jeremiah has a great book written, um, on that. It's called after the rapture. And he wrote that one a little later than my book, which was After the Rapture, What Comes Next, which I wrote in 2020. And you can hear um, the little kitty cat has found the bell. He's found the little bell that I got him. So anyway, um, yeah. So if you haven't had a kitten in your life lately, um, they are a joy. <laughs> Every little thing they do is so exciting to them. And they're just a happy ball of fur um, who is untying my shoe right now. So anyway. Yes, folks, go out and get you a kitten, you know, or go rescue something, right? <laughs> he is so totally untying my shoe and climbing up my sock right now. So anyway, um, but anyway, oh, guys, for real, um, you know, time is short. The days are short. Today is the day of salvation. The Lord Jesus Christ said, get in the word of God. Let the word of God get into you. And you all know you can say it with me. Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. And uh, he is, he is this little kitty cat. Frank Stamich is all over the place. <laughs> and uh, my little chihuahua is just like, really, mom? It's late. What's he still doing playing? You know how kittens are. But anyway, uh, guys, I'll tell you, um, these days right now, I never thought I would live to see these days. And uh, I know you guys are probably thinking the same thing. Like, you know, we heard our grandmamas and our mamas talk about, you know, what the days would look like what Jesus had described, you know, in, in Matthew. And so Matthew 24, the Lord Jesus is talking to the Jews, is talking to Israel, not the church. So a lot of people get that confused. But anyway, but as we see those days coming, coming at us, then we know that soon and very soon we, the church, will be taken out. The church age will be gone. If you read the book of Revelation, which a holly, uh, a holly, um, um, think you guys should. <laughs> it's the only book that gives you a blessing just for reading it and hearing it and heeding it. What? Wow. That's a blessing from Jesus. That's pretty, pretty neat, right? But if you read that all the way up into chapter four, verse one, the church is not mentioned after that. And if you read that, it says, come up here, you know, he's telling John, come up here. You know, it's like he's rapturing us all up to heaven. Come up here. And then John tells what's going on on the world below. And so that right there is God's wrath being poured out on an unbelieving world. And so um, I refuse to believe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so anyway, don't be that person. Please, please don't be that person. Come, come with us in the rapture. You do not want to be left behind. So let's talk about 
Jonathan Brentner's article, which you can find at harbingersdaily.com, posted the 23rd of November, which is today, Thanksgiving. All right. So he says, scroll on down here. The questions that Habakkuk asked long ago in ancient Judah resonate again in today's world. And this is in Habakkuk uh, chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. In King James Version, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. He goes on to say, The Lord responded to the inquisitive prophet by telling him that his judgment was already on the way. And that is Habakkuk 1, 5-11. His wrath came in the form of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians who destroyed both Jerusalem and the temple. God indeed saw the wickedness and violence, and he warned the people of Judah beforehand through Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Habakkuk, which I just got through reading Isaiah and Jeremiah and whoa, it's kind of reminiscent of today in Israel. If you haven't gone back and read those two books, might be some time to do that. So back to today, he says, despite a world that's overrun with violence, deception, injustice, lawlessness, and wickedness, very few church leaders ask questions similar to that of Habakkuk. They do not connect what they see with biblical prophecy. He says, as I wondered about how again to respond to the normality bias so evident among believers today, I thought about the title of a Francis A. Schaefer book that I read in college. And he says, he is there and he is not silent. For today, I suggest we just adjust to it. He sees, he is not silent and he is coming soon, Jonathan said. He goes on to say, Jesus sees. Jesus sees the perilous times in which we live. Oh, sorry. Got a little advertisement there. Um, he sees the grieving family members mourning the loss of the multitudes murdered by the COVID injections, the deceit and injustice rampant in our governments, especially in the U.S., the anguish of children caught in the web of sex trafficking, the horror of children ruthlessly slaughtered in the womb, and the violence that's wreaking havoc on the streets of our cities. He saw all that happened on October 7th of 2023 in Israel, and he grieves with along, <clears throat> he grieves along with those suffering from this great tragedy. Based on what the Lord sees today, how might he reply if someone asked him the same question Habakkuk, questions Habakkuk raised so long ago? I'm certain his response would include the words of Psalm 75, verses 6 through 8 in the KJV. That is, for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and he setteth up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red. It is full of mixture and he poureth out of the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them, he says. Jonathan goes on to say, as we wait for the Lord's appearing, we can be sure he sees what's happening in this world and his response is already on the way. Perhaps it's closer than most people can imagine. One thing for sure, he is not silent. Unless the perpetrators of the evil uh, around us turn to the Savior, they will fill the full force of God's cup of wrath, both in this life and in eternity. Jesus is not silent. Jesus is anything but quiet today concerning the horrors of our day, but so few are paying attention. There are more persecutors of future tribulation events that I can check and that I can track, he says. These are precursors, sorry. 
I totally got that mixed up. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I don't have my reading glasses. I left them at work. So anyway, um, all these things resound with this message. My judgments will soon sweep over the world. Jesus is most certainly not silent today. When What then accounts for the silence in so many churches? Why are most shepherds deaf to the alarm that Jesus is sounding to alert the world of the approaching tribulation. Based on my experience, he says, it's because many of those that tend the Lord's sheep make these assumptions. One, Jesus will not dramatically interfere in the affairs of humankind until the very last day of human history. And number two, the restoration of a nation to Israel is just a fluke of history. And number three, Jesus will not appear anytime soon. And so he goes on to say, God's word is clear. There will be an extended time of wrath upon the earth described as the day of the Lord in passages such as Isaiah 24 verses 1 through 23 and Jeremiah chapter 30 verses 5 through 7. The apostle John wrote about this time in Revelation chapter 6 through 18. During this time, the Lord will not only judge the world's wickedness, but also bring a remnant of the Jewish faith to saving faith in their Messiah. Many will turn to the, many will turn to the Savior during this time but the false church and antichrist will kill most that do and as the time of the lord's wrath approaches he is anything but silent but very few people are listening jesus is coming soon jesus not only sees and warns people of what's ahead but he's also coming soon he will intervene in our world the good news for us as new testament saints is that the lord through the apostle paul promises that we will not experience the wrath of the day of the lord or what we refer to as the seven-year tribulation in First Thessalonians chapter five verses nine through ten. First Thessalonians five nine through ten and KJV says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. He goes on to say, Jesus' dramatic intervention in the affairs of humankind will begin when he comes for his church. This will wreak havoc throughout the earth. As the judgment, as his judgments follow, even the most powerful leaders of all time will recognize them as the wrath of the Lamb. That is Revelation chapter 6. Verses 12 through 17. And Jesus' imminent appearing was the excited expectation of the early church. Philippians 3, 20 through 21. And in his book, um, uh, Jonathan says the triumph of the redeemed. He says he provides a thorough defense of the pre-tribulation rapture. This is the belief that the fulfillment of passages such as 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, 1 Corinthians 15, 47 through 55, and 1 John 3, uh, verses two through three happens before God's wrath fall upon humankind during what we refer to as the seven year tribulation. The rapture will happen before the tribulation. This glorious expectation of meeting Jesus in the air is the blessed hope of the gospel. Titus 2, 11 through 14. I know of no better encouragement for the day in which we live. And I don't either, Jonathan. I completely agree with you. And he goes on to say, we may have to wait a little longer than we would like, but we can be absolutely certain that our Lord is coming to take us to glory, to the place he's prepared for us. John 14, 1 through 3, and Colossians chapter 3, verses 4. John chapter 14 is, of course, my favorite book in the Bible, and I say that a lot. But anyway, Jonathan goes on to say, don't believe the scoffers. Jesus is coming soon for us, and it could happen today. 
It could happen today, guys. He goes on to say, we are richly blessed. The entire world will soon witness Jesus' dramatic intervention in the course of human events on the earth, and nothing will ever be the same. He will appear to catch his bride away, which is us, over the course of seven years, severely judge the world's wickedness that grieves us today, and later establish his righteous rule over all the nations. The rapid approach of the tribulation period tells us that we will be home with Jesus in paradise in the near future. For those of us watching for his glorious appearing, it cannot happen too soon. In the meantime, please know that we are richly blessed to live in biblical times with a valid expectation of being alive when Jesus comes for his church. Yes and yes, amen and amen. That article is by Jonathan Brittner. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. Woohoo! The Lord is coming soon. Yes, yes, he sure is. And what a blessed day that is going to be. So, congratulations, America. You have raised a generation of terrorist sympathizers. Yes, folks, this is from the Daily Wire. And uh, I couldn't be more um, grieved over this either. So, this is the Daily Wire by Jeff Myers, posted on the 21st of November, dailywire.com. Americans are shocked at the rising tide of anti-Jewish propaganda and harassment in the streets and on college campuses, but we should have known that this spirit would predictably arise from the witch's brew of postmodern cynicism and American propaganda and racialist resentment on which the modern education system is. A radical uh, racialist resentment on which the modern education system is built. A new CAPS versus uh, or CAPS slash Harvard poll shows the cold reality of what Gen Zers believe. 59% readily admit that Hamas is a terrorist group of brutal killers who indiscriminately shot, killed, and beheaded women, men, and children. Yet 51% say the brutal killing of innocent Israelis was justified because of Palestinian grievances. Anti-Jewish and anti-Israel sentiment is more popular among Gen Z than any other belief with the possible exceptions of unrestricted abortion and socialism. So what more would Gen Z have to do for us to realize this is serious? Venerate Osama bin Laden? Ah, well, the bin Laden worship has begun last week. His letter to America became the subject of a growing number of TikTok videos with young adults from all walks of life testifying that it has led them to a new appreciation of how terrorism is justified as a tool of resistance against Western power. Mm. So hats off to the American education system. You've raised a generation of terrorist sympathizers who hate Jews. Worldviews matter. Sympathy with violent terrorists arises out of a radical worldview which rejects truth, insists that America is evil, and asserts that the free market system is immoral. Is anyone surprised a generation this untethered from reality might cheer for a terrorist group such as Hamas as Voltaire said in a very different context surely whoever can get them to believe absurdities can get them to commit atrocities unquote this isn't new in America in the 1930s according to Gallup the vast majority of Americans deplored the Nazi treatment of Jews yet 8 in 10 opposed giving Jews sanctuary in America and more than half believed that the persecution of Jews was at least partially their own fault meanwhile Hitler was busy indoctrinating German young people in mass failing to win majority support among the populace Hitler bolstered his power by 
radicalizing the youth. In just the first year of Nazi dominance, the Hitler Youth grew from 50,000 members to 2 million. That's about one in five German youth. One in five youth would, o- would only be about 5% of the total population. But history shows that it doesn't take a majority to destroy a nation. Mm, it requires only the activation of an outraged minority in the acquiescence or the acquiescence of the rest. Yes, folks. A similar thing happened during Mao's cultural revolution in China. The youthful Red Guards rose seemingly out of nowhere, sweeping through the streets with a doctrine of destroying the four olds. Old ideas, old culture, old customs, and old habits. They humiliated and murdered those they thought held power, such as teachers and property owners. No, we don't see swastika wearing goose steppers yet to understand violent movements, though you have to look past their uniformity of clothing to the uniformity of beliefs they hold in like step. And that uniformity of beliefs is growing among Gen Z. Most young adults now believe that absolute truth is not knowable they embrace cancel culture and are ashamed of america a rapidly growing number reject religion they're primed to accept without question the propaganda of those who wish to overturn judeo-christian civilization as gk chesterson pointed out when people stop believing in god it isn't that they believe nothing but they will believe anything some say that violent ideologies can't take root in america we're too smart for that Mm -hmm. that's what they said in germany but decades of indoctrination in the anti-god philosophies of nietzsche wagner and heidegger eroded their moral decision-making abilities jews were singled out for first for harassment then persecution then extinction it was all very slow until it wasn't Today, anti-Jewish bigotry is more than a geopolitical struggle. It is a spiritual battle. Those wishing to attack society's stability know that they must first attack God. Attacking God means attacking the Judeo-Christian worldview that says that humans have value because of God. Jews are an ever-present reminder that there is a God and that he has a plan for the world. Every anti-God movement from Haman in the from Haman in the Old Testament to the Bolshevik to the Nazis seek to destroy them or seeks to destroy them. How do we respond to such a time as this? Parents, educators, and pastors all have a role to play. Parents must reinforce to their children that every person bears the image of God and that individual violence is never the solution. They must explain how the Judeo-Christian worldview has provided greater political, religious, and economic freedom than any other form of society in human history. Communist, Nazi, and jihadist ideas always, always lead to wreck and ruin. Educators must equip students with thinking skills based on truth and teach the difference between propaganda and persuasion. Persuasion is using ethical argument to enlighten an, an audience to the truth. Propaganda is using any argument ethical or unethical to deceive an audience from seeing the truth schools that refuse to acknowledge that truth exists uh, should be held accountable take your kids out stop donating there will always be thieves who try to steal the minds of the young but why in god's name would we bankroll them after world war ii the jewish community the jewish community admonished us to never forget We have forgotten most of today's college students weren't even alive on September 11, 2001. They have no visceral reaction against terrorism. Little in our culture encourages them to remember why is wrong. It is up to us to replant the seeds of truth once more. Folks. 
That article was by Jeff Myers. Uh, Dr. Jeff Myers is the president of Summit Ministries, a Colorado-based nonprofit that equips and supports the rising generation to embrace God's truth and champion a biblical worldview. And he's author of Truth Changes Everything. Folks, it is time to stand up for the word of God, for the truth of God, and to stand up for the Judeo-Christian values that this country, the United States, was founded on. And I know, there could be a lot of people that's going to do that anymore, but um, we need to. And um, we need to fight back. You know, it's, it's, you know, Christians have so long just sat around and just let them roll over us. You know, like, oh, no, 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 you know. And then we're like, oh, we're supposed to be nice. <laughs> we're supposed to be nice and, you know, whatever. Just, you know, what? it's okay, whatever. It's okay. Just remember, just remember when they were taking the Jews to the gas chambers and the trains were rolling down the tracks and the churches, what were they doing? Singing a little louder so they didn't have to hear it. Those days are over. That is gone We, today as Christians, must stand for the Jewish people. We have to. You need to make your voices heard with your money, with your mouth, and with your computer board if you have to, with your keyboard. Those days are over, singing a little louder. Can you imagine? I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Folks, today is the day we need to stand up. And say, hey, (laughs) enough is enough. Never again. Never again. Let me tell you something. There's a day that's coming that's going to, man, it's going to be so bad. The tribulation is going to be so horrific. Just read your Bible and it will tell you how bad it's going to be. Words really, your mind cannot conceive of what this world is going to look like during the tribulation. Your mind can't conceive of it. It's going to be that devastating, that horrific, that terrifying. You don't want to be here for that. If you don't stand for God right now, then you'll you'll have no chance of standing for him then. And the closer we get to the tribulation before the Lord takes us out of here, if you back down now and you can't stand for God right now, guess what? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say if you deny the Lord now? What does he say? It's not good, folks. It's not good. Man, these are the days that the Apostle Paul wrote about. These are the days that the Apostle John wrote about. All the Old Testaments prophesied about this, and we are living in these days right now. What? This is amazing. You were made, you were put here for such a time as this, the Bible says. Do what he's called you to do. Get on your knees and pray. Open up your pocketbook and and pay. (laughs) Whatever God's called you to do, whatever resources he has given you to do, use them to glorify him today. Because what you can't do in heaven is tell somebody about Jesus because you're already there with him. And they're down here. Do whatever you can today. Do whatever you can. Because the days are short. I don't have to tell you that. (laughs) 
and get out of those stupid health, wealth, prosperity, hell traps. Get out of those churches. Start giving them your money. Quit letting them make you merchandise. Get out. Get out and go to a Bible-believing church. Because I can tell you right now, those churches are not. The, the Bible says, if anyone comes to you preaching any other, any other gospel than the one that he has given you, they are to be accursed and anathema. Get out of those churches. <laughs> Get out. I can't make it any more cleaner. I, I just can't. They make me so angry. So angry. And there are people caught in these churches because they, they want money. You want to you want to know how to be rich? <laughs> just so, or you you just declare this as you come give me your money. You just declare it. <laughs> you you quote speak this into existence. Like what? Where in the world do you find that in the Bible? God Almighty spoke this world into existence, not you. Oh, and they had the Creflo dollar. It's a little God syndrome, you know. Oh, and that's a Joyce Meyer, too. Little God syndrome. Folks, get out. Get out of that. Get Come out of them. God is called as holy, which is separate, to come out of the world. Come out of that. You shouldn't be in a church. You shouldn't be going just to learn how to be healthy, wealthy, and whatever. Get out. Get out. The Apostle Paul says, I become all things to all men. Remember, we are to be content with whatever he has given us. We are to be happy. We are to learn to live with little or a lot. You know, I'm just telling, I, it just makes me so mad. It, it just, y'all know how I feel about that. <laughs> but I just don't want you guys to be caught up in that. If you're listening to me and you're in one of those churches and they put big emphasis on tithing and, you know, <laughs> And uh, how to be healthy. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Do I believe that God doesn't heal anymore? Absolutely not. I know God heals. I absolutely know he still heals today. I know that. I know that. But do I need to donate money to the church for him to heal me? No. No. <laughs> no. Folks. If they put all the emphasis on this music and I want you to pay attention to the music that they're playing in the church that you go to. If they're playing Hillsong, Hillsong <laughs> in Bethel first, I would say, hey, I would go to the pastor and tell him what you think. I mean, respectfully, not like you should be playing that. Not like that, but to say, hey, I have a problem with that music and this is why. Um, listen to the music. If, they just, if it's all about you, then get out of the church. It's supposed to be all about Jesus, not all about you. If you're going to church and it makes you feel good when you, you know, oh yeah, itching your ears, get out. Get out. You need to go to a church that's going to preach the word of God. That if it doesn't convict your heart, hmm, if it just makes you feel good, rainbows and, and puppy dogs and all kinds of fun stuff and unicorns, it's really how to have your best life now no no doesn't matter about now it matters about later your eternal life that's what matters folks you know we're gonna go through trials we're gonna go through tribulations that's a guarantee because the bible told us we would jesus said if the world hated him it's gonna hate us too 
So if you're being loved by the world, you're probably not doing what you should be doing. You're probably not doing what you're being called to do by the Lord because you got to be hated. And the closer we get to the tribulation before the Lord takes us out of here, we really will be hated. Over those in the Middle East, they are hated, hunted down because they are Christians. And we're over here in the United States saying, <laughs> well, uh, if I give 10% to this church, well, God's going to bless me a hundredfold. And I'm going to get that Cadillac and, and everything's going to be great. And I'm going to get that promotion and money's going to come to me. Yeah. Have you listened to these wicked people preach this garbage? Well, we have people over in China, over in Sudan, all over the world, Pakistan, being hunted down and martyred because they are Christians. I don't see them worried about where they're going to get their healthy, wealthy, and, and all this garbage. They're probably, you know, that's not what they're thinking. And yet they are still Christians and they still proclaim God's name. You know, I wonder, <laughs> I really wonder, and these health, wealth, prosperity churches, if something of the terrorists were to bust in there, if we all remember back those Coptic Christians who were beheaded on the beach, I wonder, I really wonder how many of them would still profess Christ if it came right down to it, if it didn't benefit them at all. I wonder. Have you ever wondered? I wonder. Oh, man, you guys. <laughs> I am thankful today that God and the Holy Spirit convicted me and pulled me out of that health, wealth, prosperity crap back in 2005 or 8 or whenever it was. That was 2007. I'm thankful for that. I am thankful for Jan Markell and her ministry. I wouldn't have known that I was in one of those churches had I not heard it on her radio program all those years ago. I am thankful for her ministry. And I'm thankful for all the people that she has on her radio program. Because I have learned so much and I have been, um, you know, encouraged in the Lord. And I have grown in my walk with the Lord. And I'm so thankful to her ministry for that. I'm thankful for Pastor Billy Crone's ministry at GetAlifeMedia.com. GetAlifeMedia.com. <laughs> um, Pastor Brad Meter at Athy Creek. Um, Tom Hughes at um, HopeForOurTimes.com. Folks, there are a lot of good preachers and pastors out there, and there's a lot of great ministries. Lamb and Lion Ministry out of Dallas, Texas. There are a lot of great ministries out there um, that you can learn and grow in your walk with the Lord and just cracking open your Bible, blow the dust off of it, and start reading the Word. I don't care where you start. You can start in Genesis. You can start in Matthew. You can start in John. I don't care. God probably doesn't care. He just wants you to read His Word because the Holy Spirit can speak to you no matter where you're at in the Bible. Just open it and start reading the Word of God. Get the Word of God. Get into you. And man, you're, I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. It will change your life. You will never be the same. And where do you get wisdom from? The Bible. Where do you get understanding from? The Bible. Jesus. The Holy Spirit gives you wisdom and understanding. If you ask God for it, he says he will give it to you. And he will not, like, he won't think anything of you. He will give it. He will give you wisdom if you ask. If you ask for it. Telling you, to the book of James, hello. I don't know which chapter or verse it is. I think it's chapter one. But anyway, maybe one, six. You know what? <laughs> well, you guys know what I have, right? That's right. I have the Olive Tree Bible software. 
We're going to check that out tonight. Olive Tree Bible Software. So we're going to go to Book of James. And I think it is James chapter 1. <laughs> but we'll find out. So, but you know, if you don't, if you don't get in the Word of God, man, I tell you, Ah, oh, you can you can be so deceived by these health wealth property churches. And I was I was raised in the word of God. You know, I kept new I, I just kept thinking something's wrong here. You know, because the church didn't start out like that, but he eventually went that way. And um I knew something was wrong. I knew it wasn't right. And um, but anyway, I had talked to email Jim Markell and uh yeah, she set me straight. And I mean I knew, but I just needed a little bit of um I don't know, maybe some guidance, some reassurance, some, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But let's look, let's go to James. All right, the book of James chapter one, James chapter one. So let's see what we got here. Here we go. Let me see. Here we go. What is actually James chapter one? And it is verse six. We're going to start in uh, James chapter one, verse two. My brethren, Count it all joy when ye fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. When he asks... He asked for wisdom. Uh, know that the Lord is going to give it to you. So that is uh, James uh, chapter one, verses two through seven. So, guys, ah, uh, I'm sorry to go off on my my tangent sometime, but you know, I, I don't. I I, I just mm, I just don't want anybody to be deceived and led astray. You know, that's my that's the big thing. Days are short. We are called. God has put us here for a reason. We are here for this time. Whatever the Lord has called you to do, I pray that you will do that. Do it to the best of your ability. Do it to glorify God today. And with that, guys, I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> so get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, come quickly. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. Most of all days, today is Thanksgiving, but Lord, I thank you every day. I thank you uh, for the people who listen to this podcast. Lord, I, I thank you um, for just always taking care of us, Lord. And Father, I, I just, you know, I just wish that, uh, I, I just wish that more people would love your word. It would seek after you while there is still time. Father, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would just impress upon them to seek after you, to call out your name, to ask you to save them. Father, while there's still time, Lord, this is that is my prayer. But Father, I thank you for all that listen to this podcast. And Lord, I just pray for each of them. And I ask God that you would protect them and give them boldness, Lord, to go out and to do what you have called them to do, Lord. And if they don't know, I ask that they would ask you and that you would give them assurance and let them know what your will is father i thank you for all these things lord and I ask you all these things in jesus name amen 
Thank you guys so much for listening. God bless each and every one of you.